Hello and welcome to This Is Cannabis from X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. I'm your host, Lee Henderson, co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, Hi-Fi Farms. And with me in the studio today is my co-host, Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting. Hello. Hi. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? I am doing fairly well. Yeah, that is great. Me too. I am, a major change has happened in my life. Really? Uh, I have started going to, I've started going to bed before midnight. Wow. Like on a regular basis, and I just feel a little more rested. It feels really I go good. Right to bed. I go to bed like right at midnight every night, or I have, or like one or two a.m. Um, you know, uh, my kind of my whole life. Wow. And lately, I, maybe I'm just at that age now where I'm like eleven thirty is all I can push it yeah, to. Yeah, finally getting older. Close the browser tabs. Like, yeah. Yeah. Put Twitter down. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but I'm just feeling a, a teensy bit more rested lately. Yes. Oh, I know. I feel so much better when I get into bed at like 1045. I love going to bed early because it makes actually waking up early way easier. Yeah. I got up at 630 the other day and was like, did not, which is when I around when I wake up every day because I, I have children. I, they have to go to school. And I was like, I don't want to kill myself this morning. Well, yeah, you go to bed at 2 a.m. and wake up at 6.30. I don't go to bed at 2 a.m. like during the weekdays. Okay, okay. That's that's egregious. Yeah. It, well, four and a half hours of sleep consistently. It's not enough. It's not enough. Uh-uh. And like, I'm like, I'm f- hardcore 41. Like, I am all the... F- all You're the, over the hill, baby. I am... I am <laughs> I'm middle-aged. Yeah, you are. I love, you know what I love? I love when people who are like uh, older than... I am say they're middle aged and I'm like okay you're 55 years old are you going to live to 110 yeah. <laughs> like I'm middle aged because I'll you're probably <laughs> live to 80 or 85 right like at the best yeah. honest. let's be honest guys I'm not going to probably push it past 85 <laughs> so I just love when I hear like older people than me being like you know I'm now I'm hitting middle age and I'm like, like mm, you're, you're like, 57 years old you're like three quarters age yeah. okay you're, yeah mm. let's uh, let's let's uh, let's sharpen up the definition of middle age get our fractions we? right here yeah okay that's not how math works that's not how multiplication works <laughs> oh my god I learned a really fun fact actually okay um, hit me about honeybees oh this morning from you Hey-o. that they can do math yeah that's so cool. And they have a teeny tiny brain. Yep. And, very... and in addition, of course, to a honey tummy. Yes. And a honey tummy. Yep. And they can do simple like addition, subtraction. Isn't that, wasn't that wild Mathematics. to read? Wild. I read this article last night in Vox, on Vox.com about honeys, how honey can do simple, how bees can do simple math. And I was like, oh yep. my God, Emma's going to, this is going to blow my mind. Oh my God. Mind. I read it this morning when I woke up because um, I saw that you sent it to me yeah. and I loved it. I forgot it. that I sent that to it you. It was so cool. Yeah, you sent it with the subject title, Thinking of You. Yeah, <laughs> I almost did it just in B uh, emojis. Mm. But I didn't want to, I didn't, I wanted you to be surprised. No, I, and I was surprised. Yeah. I very much was surprised and I loved it. What a, what a cool thing. I know. Can you explain how they do simple math? Like how, yeah, so like they, how it all works? Yeah. So they ran, um, <laughs> welcome to, this is kind of this, <laughs> the, the B corner. Bees and RuPaul's Drag Race are just going to be a recurring theme <laughs> sure, for sure, me. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, but yes, the, the scientists ran a certain battery of tests where they introduced bees to this like, kind of like Y shaped, um, apparatus where they had to like see these like three blue squares and then um, either go into like a, a room based on oh god I am already flubbing this entire thing hold on let's just, 
Can you tell us how the bees do simple math? I'm going to try to okay. tell you how the bees okay. do simple math, but I do recommend that you read this article, everybody, if you're interested Box. on Vox. Um, bees math. Yeah, that for should, like for like you. really elucidating it. Um, but basically, they ran a variety of tests where they gave bees addition and subtraction uh, tests um, by introducing them to a different number of like blue or yellow squares, and then if the bees got it right, they fed them they fed them sugar, and if the bees got it wrong, they fed them some kind of like acrid substance sure. that's really bitter. Um, and to to make sure that there was a certain level of control, they also did this experiment without any reward um, tied to it. So if the bees chose the right way um, or the, the right answer, they didn't get a reward. If the bees chose the right. wrong answer, they didn't get a... a whack on right. the finger they took per the Pavlovian se. response exactly exactly and what they found were that bees were really good at learning how to do simple math mm. there was around i think the percentage was like 60 to 70 percent of the bees got it right which was really cool and what the article ultimately came to was that the bees have such a teeny tiny brain i forget the amount of neurons exactly but it's infinitesimally small compared to like a right. human it's like, brain it's like six Six oh, million, yeah. maybe. <laughs> um, but but they were talking about how like that um, could be extrapolated into how we form computers. That you could have really high processing power in a very teeny tiny uh, computer device. Huh. Yeah, because the brains That's of bees are so small, and yet they do have such high processing power. They have computing power. power. They yes. have computing power. Yes. Um, I'm reading this book right now called uh, Valley of Genius, mm. which is an oral history of Silicon Valley. Mm. Uh, and so there's a principle that they talk about in the book and something I knew about before, but it's called Moore's Law, where mm. they say that Moore's Law basically is that every 18 months, I don't remember exactly what the dimensions are, but computers will shrink by like, or processing chips or whatever will shrink by like half and have double their computing power or or memory size or something like that yeah so bees are like the ultimate example of moore's law that's interesting mm -hmm. exactly exactly i'm going to talk more about the silicon valley book once i finish it on the show because i think there's a lot of interesting parallels between the birth of the internet and internet companies and the birth of the cannabis industry well, and yeah, the, the cannabis industry companies. The tech industry it is, is it's, the I, my, it's last crazy. emerging industry, right? Or it's the until the next one, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's the it's the big one right now. Yep. And there are so many interesting what I see to be sort of like historical parallels or less or moreover lessons we could learn yes. from what happened to the internet, internet companies, internet commerce. All of, you know, all of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Because so, cannabis is now the emerging industry. Yeah. 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 And it basically, like, spoiler alert, the Internet's run now by like five companies. And that's you know what I mean? <laughs> the way that just corporate so, America so, takes yeah, over. I just think, again, like I'm coming up with the grand unified theory mm. of this as I'm reading this as this as I'm reading this uh, Silicon Valley book, Valley of Genius. Anyway. All right. Moving on. We have a cool show today. We do. The we have some fun Paradise. ladies. Yeah. Coming in the stew. Who are the Ladies of Paradise, Emma? The Ladies of Paradise are a wonderful uh, female collective um, made up of women with incredibly diverse talents who are bringing some much-needed style and fun to yeah. the industry. Energy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Good they're, design. They're very. Speaking of the internet, they are very social media savvy. Mm, they are, which has been sort of the, I think the part, of the, a huge part of their secret sauce. But they're super talented, like you know, super. I, I, I really, really applaud and appreciate what they, what they're bringing to our space. Yeah, we're gonna learn all about it. All right, so let's go do that. Boom. 
Our guests today are Liana Martindale and Jay Daniels of the Ladies of Paradise. I wanted to introduce your company to our audience by uh, excerpting this really wonderful description of you guys from a recent Forbes magazine article written by the journalist Lauren Yoshiko. Um, Here is that quote. Quote, a content powerhouse of millennial pink tone stoner girl power. This pair of friends first united by a shared affinity for vintage thrifting and cannabis had no idea they were establishing a lifestyle brand when they first posted their editorial photo shoots. The quote continues, committing to creating female oriented cannabis content didn't occur to them until inspired by the momentum of the Oregon cannabis industry, the desire to build something of their own and to do it with women for women. What this sisterhood of entrepreneurial women has done is achieve a playful, girl-forward aesthetic that is as stylistically on-trend and unapologetically cannabis-focused as it is experimental and approachable. Liana and Jade, welcome to the show. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. So to start, I wanted to ask you guys to tell us a little bit about yourselves and about the evolution of the Ladies of Paradise. Uh, My name's Jade Daniels. I'm the founder of Ladies of Paradise. Um, let's see, I started Ladies of Paradise in 2015, and it was a company where I would travel mostly to Guatemala. I went to Turkey, and I would buy uh, different jewelry, pieces of jewelry and homewares and stuff, and then I created an Etsy store, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of took off and really blossomed, so I started a website, and then I started going to Guatemala and buying from uh, the local women there, mm-hmm. and it was just like a very matriarchal community and so the name ladies of paradise actually comes from the women of lake atitlan Mm. um so anyway i would do that for i did that for about two years and then we moved to oregon and um my fiance opened up a dispensary and so naturally i was you know his right hand woman Mm -hmm. and uh, we did it together and i really just started seeing like all of these women behind the scenes who were helping whether it was like a farm like there were women who were helping their husbands you know do all the olcc you know paperwork or um just growing um like i was helping with the dispensary and so I really just noticed that there was just so many women behind the scenes doing really cool things. And I just, I've always been like a girl power kind of girl. I've always liked, you know, women who are like the lead singer of the band and just, um, so I just always thought that was cool. And then I, I gradually started working more in cannabis than I did, uh, for my jewelry stuff. And I was just getting bored kind of styling the same things over and over again. So, um, what do you mean by that? Styling the same things over styling so what? My so my style of jewelry was like very like boho chic, like it was like Coachella vibes, Burning Man vibes. Right. It was like really intricate like pieces. Um, if you really scroll down like through the the Ladies of Paradise feed, you will like go to the beginning and just see these like huge like neck pieces, and they're really beautiful. And it was just like a really like niche market. And so I just, it, it slowly like stopped becoming my style. Right. And, um, and I met Harley through Instagram. And so sorry, who, tell us who Harley so is. So Harley is, she's now co-owner. She's our creative director. Um, but she was running her own vintage clothing company and shooting all of her own photos. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, I really need um, someone to shoot with. Like I, I was coming from LA and like Houston prior, but I moved to LA to like really launch the business. 
And uh, I just constantly worked with so many like bloggers and actresses, models like on the daily. And so I moved to Medford, Oregon or Jacksonville, Oregon. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know anybody here. It's like a small 3000 person town. And so I just started looking on Instagram, found Harley just doing all these cool photo shoots. So I was like, hey, girl, I, I see you live in Oregon. I didn't, didn't know where. I was like, I live in Jacksonville. You probably never heard of it. It's a really small town. She's like, what? She wrote me back. She's like, I live in Jacksonville. And I was like, what? So we ended up living like three blocks from each other, met up, just instantly became really good friends. Sure. And That's then, amazing, by the way. So synchronistic. I know. Yeah. It was, oh, my it was, God. It was really crazy. Um, and then, yeah, so then we just started meeting up together and shooting and stuff. And then... She also had a boyfriend that worked in the cannabis industry, and she would uh, help him, like, pull tarps. They just, like, outdoor grow. Like, sure. And so she did, all like, a lot of that fun stuff. And then I, um, I don't know, after a while, I was just like, you know what, dude? I was like, I was working in the dispensary, working on the farm so much. I was like, I'm, I'm just over Ladies of Paradise, like, as it is, like, with jewelry. And I was like, I didn't really know how to, like— change up the company like I wasn't wearing the jewelry anymore it wasn't really like my style mm -hmm. and so she was like no like we have you know we have a good following like let's just let's just keep it going like so she helped me run it for a while and then I was talking to my fiance Jimmy and I was like you know I was just telling him about it I was like how do you sell a company I was like how you know just like going over all the things of like letting go of ladies of paradise and he was like why, why don't you just start doing cannabis stuff he was like the first person who said that and i was like uh i was like i don't know you know like what how, how do i do that like i started this company in houston texas like very conservative um i got written up in the houston chronicle there and like got like a big following and a lot of my customers were from houston and so I was like, I don't know how they would feel about that, you know? And, and then he accidentally, he was logged into my Instagram, actually. And the first cannabis post that we ever did was he, uh, it was during harvest season, and he posted a picture of his of his like buds that he that he harvested and he was like happy croptober everybody and he accidentally right. posted it on the <laughs> ladies of paradise page right. instead of his own instagram and i didn't notice i didn't notice until like a couple hours later and i was like oh my god i was like what have you done and then like but it turned out that like everyone was super stoked on it and they're like hell yeah happy croptober you know and like right. just like got good feedback and i was like okay well that's pretty cool and then i brought it up to harley and i was like hey i was like what if we start shooting like on our weed farm? You know, we had like a big outdoor weed sure. farm. And she was like, I don't know, like, you know, what do you mean? Like, and I was like, let's just start doing it. So we took a couple photos. We started like, you know, getting kind of like shooting on the farm. We went vintage. We actually went thrifting and then brought everything we got to our farm and just like, started shooting, had a lot of fun. And then um, and then we we got noticed by these girls called the Grow Sisters, who are actually kind of like a big deal now. They're out in Humboldt. And they invited us to come visit at their farm. They did like a huge like women of weed sleepover. And so we were like, oh, my God, I can't believe they invited us. Like we're like nobody in the cannabis industry, mm -hmm. like, you know. And and so they invited us down there and we like brought this trunk of like all these wigs and like dress up clothes. And like they were just like, this is amazing. You girls are amazing. And we just bonded with all these girls who we actually work with now, like Thea from Humble Flower Co., um, the Gross Sisters, just all these different people in California. 
that we work with to this day really like took us in and we're like, hey, you know, this is like this has happened. And, and then we, we found out that like we had so much info that because, you know, we were legal in Oregon, like recreational and they weren't. Right. And so they were just like, you know, and I had all this dispensary knowledge. So they were just racking our brains, like asking all this stuff. And we're like, hey, we actually kind of know something in this industry and have like, you know, our own voice. And so just the aspect of like that we brought like our our own like colorful kind of vibe to cannabis was just different and they loved it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of how it how it got started. And then, you know, it's just kind of snowballed into right. everything it is well, today. Well, I want to talk about that. Leanna, how did you come into all of this? So I actually met Harley and Jade through Instagram. Uh, before they launched the blog, they were looking for different models that they could take pictures of who knew how to do smoke tricks. And um, I knew how to French inhale and was working with Mariah a lot. So I had some cannabis pictures out there, came up to Portland, shot with them. And at the time I was running my own company, Cannabis Events. So I was doing uh, cannabis dinners and events in Eugene, just like very small, private. And so that's when we decided to do um, the launch party for Ladies Paradise for the new blog coming out. And from there, it's definitely just snowballed into what it is now. Um, And I'm the event coordinator and COO. Fantastic. Cool. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Ladies of Paradise, you guys focus on three main areas as far as how the business works um, content creation, events, and soon you have a pre roll line coming out. And we're going to get to all of that. But first, I wanted to say right up front that I love what you guys are doing. And um, I, I think we really see yes. y'all as Please include me um, in that. a breath of fresh air. Uh, oh, absolutely. As far as like, especially what you were saying, like bringing some some color, some style. Totally. You know, you guys bring some much needed style and like fun to the space here. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to joke that you know when you're when your fiance, your husband now fiance still. Yes, fiance. Okay. Uh, when he took, we accidentally took over your Instagram. I was hoping it was going to be like a bearded hippie without a shirt, but a big <laughs> thick uh, turquoise necklace on. You know, <laughs> like sort of like bridging the world. Um, <laughs> But that's just me. All right. So so I thought I, I wanted to start with how I think uh, like Emma and I believe you guys are helping further the destigmatization movement. Um, I'd like to read one more quote from the Forbes piece written by Lauren Yoshiko um, and then ask you to comment on it. The quote is, uh, the thing that I believe makes them so relatable and fosters an almost infectious quality is that they're good at getting women to have fun. Women who consume cannabis are a community that includes many introverts who, by fear of social and legal consequences, are reserved homebodies by necessity. What do you guys think of that statement? And by that, what do I mean is like, uh, do you see this as part of your mission? Um, We see you making that impact, but do you see it? And what are your thoughts there? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me personally, I'm an introvert. I don't like to go out. I don't like to... um, go party with people that often. I get a lot of social anxiety. And so Harley and Jade are the exact opposite of that and are very outgoing and make people feel very loved and welcomed. And cannabis is what has brought us together. And so I think naturally that is why we embody that and create a place for everyone is because we are all different ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
first of all, I love that quote and mm-hmm. that whole article that Lauren wrote because I just feel like it really just hit the nail on the head as far as like what we're doing and what we're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, it was do. a really good article. Mm-hmm. And we had no idea she was writing that. She literally was a model in one of the shoots that we were doing and just was like there for like the entire day and got to just witness like what our full day is like. And so for her to write that and us have no idea was just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that... We've created something that I didn't anticipate really because of exactly that statement, like because of women like Leanna and other people who have, you know, who smoke by themselves and don't really talk about it and don't really have a place or community to really do it with or feel comfortable with. And we found that like we that yeah that that we do make girls feel welcome we do make girls feel comfortable and one of our big missions also is Harley and I both came from the fashion you know world where girls can be mean to each other you know it's like this catty like competitive environment and we just were we're not that way and we'd wanted to be like cool girls that people want to be friends with but also just that are really nice to them and that aren't like competing with them right you know mm-hmm. and so i feel like that's i mean that's just like who we are naturally and i think that it's just kind of gradually turned into also our mission for ladies of paradise is to continue to you know create a space where girls support girls and women feel comfortable and and not competitive with each other Mm, it's so important especially in this industry when we're trying to create equity and equality for the first time historically for an emerging industry to have something where there is that community really rooted in play i love how playful ladies of paradise is i love how it goes more towards like the quirky like maximalism aesthetic which so many people go towards like minimalism (laughs) yeah for sure and and to have like the poofy dresses and like the big hats and the big necklaces is just really fun i know sometimes we're like this doesn't really make sense but i mean better you know so my favorite thing with that is keisha um had on this full outfit and goes like is this a lot and jade goes well it's a it's a bit much and she goes okay so add more and just like instantly puts on the belt (laughs) like so more is what is needed exactly it's fun it's fun and it goes more to this like who the f cares right just be yourself just show up as authentically as you want to show up and i know for me that totally helps to quell that like anxious place that we can all go to of like oh i'm not enough definitely so there's an interesting dynamic i feel like somewhat that i've i've sort of noticed from a i think almost like a sociological um perspective in the oregon cannabis scene which seems to me to be and tell me if you think i'm wrong but it's like somewhat of a low self-esteem you know and and by that what and i think it's sort of born out of um it, the illegality of cannabis for so so long like you couldn't really be too proud about it because you might get arrested you know what i mean like so like i really appreciate how loud you guys are and confident you guys are you know maybe so, low self-esteem is not exactly the right way to say it but like there's really a low profile like right yeah. right yeah, yeah shedding of the prohibition stigma yeah. of Definitely. of also you guys like, are very celebratory yes for sure yes and without being then labeled as oh just stoner right because i think it's a trap that um unfortunately society puts people into who smoke weed it's like okay if you remain a low profile then then i guess you're more responsible even though that's so whack um yeah and if you're loud about it then your own you're a stoner and your entire totally. identity is taken up by smoking weed right it's like no i have way more complexities within my identity and you guys do a good job of showcasing that thank yeah, you well yeah we, we really try to normalize cannabis and, and we've gotten a lot of feedback that 
um, that we do a good job at it. You know, we're we're just normal girls, you know, for the most part. Um, <laughs> who, Who's normal? Whatever. Yeah. Who cares, right? Um, but yeah, who get done? We, you know, we run a business. We um, we're productive. We're successful, and we smoke a lot of weed. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And a lot of people see us as like, hey, like those girls are putting it out there. Like I can too, or you know. I can come yeah. to this party with them. And um, Tokativity was actually one of the first events that we, um, that they came to our launch party and then we came to their party and started doing um, photography pop-ups. And all these women would come to the, you know, to the party and they would dress up and they would be like, we dressed up because we knew Harley was going to take our picture, you know, and <laughs> like, and, and they wanted to put it out there and, you know, they'd bring their favorite pen or, you know, their favorite pipe or whatever. And it just, they just started, you know, it just kind of like photography really started um like blossoming like how we showcased you know yeah. ourselves and how we you know made other fil- women feel the photography is beautiful by the mm-hmm. way like you guys are really good at that the styling and the the photography i don't know how all any of that works yeah i'm the world's worst photographer oh harley she and she's just gotten so much better like as like from when we've started to um she's really good at making women feel comfortable and make yeah. you know making girls feel beautiful and she has fun with it and mm. a lot of people just really like to shoot with her and then um we've kind of established roles now now that we're doing so much creative content um and keisha's her creative assistant so a lot of the product photography and styling keisha brown keisha brown yeah yeah. um so they're they're a creative duo that's kind of the the team behind all of the beautiful photography yeah and and i think too that just like goes back to like the girls supporting girls harley does an amazing job at making women feel comfortable behind the Mm -hmm. camera especially women who haven't had their photos done before and i think that's like her photography is amazing but i think that also goes through the photos and that's why the photos are so amazing is because the people are actually enjoying it and having fun and enjoying themselves and feeling beautiful and that's because Harley does like a really good job of making them feel that way. Totally. Mm. So like in the last few weeks or month or two maybe we've had um, Trista Okel in here who is the founder of Empower Oil and we, we just had uh, Sam and Lisa from Tokativity in and so and you know Trista talked about she and this is going back to like 2012 2013 about bringing women into the space sort of through activism and Sam and Lisa sort of talked about it as um, bringing women into the space through events and I feel like you guys are doing something a little bit different which is like bringing women into through sort of like you know again like style photography sort of lifestyle um, asp- even aspirational stuff I mean like I think it's really interesting and no, I think totally. it's and I think it's really doing something for like the further destigmatization of cannabis mm-hmm. so i just wanted to say that let's take a break there uh you are listening to this is cannabis on x-ray fm and we will be right back with liana martindale and jay daniels of the ladies of paradise Woo. This Is Cannabis is brought to you by the Craft Cannabis Alliance. The Craft Cannabis Alliance is a network of values-driven, Oregon-owned companies committed to defining, supporting, and celebrating authentic craft cannabis and building an industry dedicated to people, place, planet, and plant. The Alliance is leading the fight for interstate commerce in legal cannabis through the One Fix campaign. Export is the centerpiece of a successful Oregon industry that will support hundreds of farms and dozens of companies, providing world-class artisan products to legal markets and cannabis lovers everywhere. 
All right, and we are back. If you were just joining us, you are listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson. With me in the studio is my co-host, Emma Chasen, and our guests today uh, are Liana Martindale and Jay Daniels of the female-centric collective, the Ladies of Paradise. Ladies, thank you for staying with us. Thank you. How's it going? Amazing. Yeah, that was a... Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, we wanted to talk about Instagram in the second segment. Um, you guys do a lot of content creation for brands uh, in the space here and uh, here and there, right? I mean, so uh, can you explain what that means for our listeners? And also, and I do sort of ask this in a tongue-in-cheek manner, can I ask you guys if you guys think you are influencers and what you think of that term? I would say, you know, in the in the most literal way of the, the most literal term of influencer, I would say that, yeah, I mean, I think that we are because mm -hmm. just um, people are always interested in what we're doing and people believe, you know, when we show products and things that we're using, people want to use it too. Or we post what we're wearing, people want to buy it and stuff. And right. so I think that, yeah, I would say that. It's kind of a controversial term. No, totally. You know, and yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying, you yeah, know. For sure. Um, but I think that also, I mean, we work with a lot of influencers for our own brand, too, that, you know, that, you know, we like to use influencers as well. And so influencer marketing is great. I mean, it, it's really helpful. It really helps um, people get an authentic view on, you know, product testing and um, what, you know, what people like on the market and, and so on and so forth. But um, as far as content creation goes, that's really um when we started out, I mean, that's what we, we were like, okay, this is what we want to do because we just kind of really offered this different view and different style on on normal product photography and normal like lifestyle photography. Right. I feel like we really tried to bring lifestyle photography into the cannabis world. Yeah, you world guys bring like a 70s Vogue magazine kind of oh, thing thank you. to mm -hmm. it. Yeah, which is awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and people really liked that. I mean, people, you know, we were like, oh, we don't normally see this kind of photography and this kind of styling and cannabis and so we really wanted to merge our fashion aspects and our own personal styles into what was what we wanted to see in the cannabis space i mean you know it's a brand it, when we started it was you know, i mean it's, it's a new industry it still is um and you know it's just like this very like you know like the, the women in that you would see like on canvas ads some of them a lot of them would be like bikini wearing girls, <laughs> right. you know, bongs yeah. and like and high all heels. the time, like uh, like vape pen and the <laughs> oh yeah, bitch. oh my god, they're sipping really... out the cleave. Yeah. Even still, the booth babes, like yep. it's a thing. Yep. Yeah, and so we really wanted to like take a stand against that and really just show that like, hey, um, not every girl who smokes weed is wearing high heels and a bikini. Um, we're actually just you know wearing what we normally wear, and um, and yeah, so we really just wanted to show that. Uh, that that's not all that's out there and and I feel like that was one of our big ways too and that we just destigmatize cannabis and that we normalize it for people because you know when 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 people outside of the industry see look at a cannabis ad and that's what they see you know it's like that's what they think about the industry right. and like now if you like look at a picture like of us or something in an ad like there's a beautiful picture of Keisha in Dope Magazine as an ad and she's just like wearing a red dress and like you know it just like looks like a normal you know person who would use cannabis and that's really what we were going she's for she's got four belts on you know she's just going out to get groceries she's just you know? a normal this girl is every day. Yeah. that is everyday Keisha though <laughs> sorry 
I mean, it's so important because the the bikini vape pen babes, that's male centric. That is obviously a male perspective. And for the rest of the country, the rest of the world to see that, I mean, that that completely conveys that stoner culture is male dominated, yeah. is male driven. Bro culture. Exactly, exactly. And so to have um, something that's more reminiscent of like a perfume ad even yeah, for, sure. for cannabis, uh, it's still empowered, it's still sexy, but it's actually like the female ownership, the female yeah. point of view on that. Definitely. And I think right now, as we're still kind of like grassroots, so to speak, like where it's still not as much, many big businesses in the picture as um we would normally see it's interesting to see those big people come into the industry and bring those old ways of advertising in like ignite for instance who has Mm -hmm. a total just like their total thing is woman in bikini or lingerie smoking vape pen and that's their entire brand and you know when they came in they said that they were going to be the first cannabis brand in the industry like as if there were no actual like brands out there (laughs) and no branding (laughs) which is interesting then to see that just like normal sexualized like you know go daddy kind of commercial carl's jr ads. it's such a tired ass approach i know we saw it we're like really i thought we were past that exactly (laughs) and like if you were smart from a business kind of ethos standpoint you would be looking to access the demographics like women moms grandmas all the people who have not participated in quote-unquote stoner culture because it is like really creepy at times and super male dominated instead why wouldn't you take a marketing approach that would give you access to more demographics for your products i mean even with our store when people come in women especially especially like older women they're so happy and it's a breath of fresh air to them because they're like oh my gosh pieces that i would buy that i love that Mm -hmm. are not like phallic shaped like pieces and just having a different aesthetic (laughs) or like a a camouflage machine gun (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like just appealing to more women. And I think, yeah, from a business standpoint, you would think that people would do that, but they don't. And I think that's where it leaves companies like Ladies of Paradise and people who do still approach a more inclusive industry. I think that's where they're going to succeed more. Hell yes. I mean, there's a huge vacuum that you guys really fill right now. Mm-hmm. Like you've carved out such a niche for yourself um, because for all our listeners who don't participate in the cannabis industry, if you do go on Instagram and like check out some of the feeds, I mean, it is it is lacking in quality taste. content. I would say taste. Taste, yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And you guys definitely have quality content build out and taste thank you okay so i want to pivot a little bit to instagram because we've talked about this before on the show um instagram is widely like the with a capital t platform for cannabis businesses but of course there's a huge tension there because instagram really doesn't allow cannabis businesses to operate freely on its platform and in fact they consistently shut down um cannabis igs and so i want to ask you all how Have you both um, and in your company structured your output to deal with that tension? And do you have any advice for identifying and cultivating an audience um, like you all have been so successful at doing while still protecting yourself? I would say that my advice would be to not pick fights with people and (laughs) to I mean, what do you mean mean by that? Because a lot of these Instagrams get shut down 
Um, like our friend Best Byers has been shut down nine times. Um, not that she picks fights with people, but I mean, just because people people uh, flag and uh, report her posts and stuff. And I think that because we are such like a, you know, women supportive, like girl power, just like good vibe company. I think that maybe maybe that's what's keeping us under the radar and right. we try not to really um i mean we don't fight with people anyway like but like, a, like we like don't a have like a adversarial tone to your exactly. stuff not to not to like no disrespect to best buyers or anything no you know, total but, yeah. yeah totally um but yeah i would say that that goes a long way um and too though with that like even just competitors now are like being petty and knowing like like instagram has their feelings about the way cannabis instagrams like are run and so they do shut them down if they get brought to their attention but they aren't just like going out and shutting instagrams down and like picking and choosing it's like someone had to have reported or flagged your account multiple times i think it's something like nine times in a day and it will automatically get shut down so it's people like picking fights with like other people and like just being like really petty and like you know like so competition does that like white label extracts get shut down quite a lot too and that's probably one of their competitors doing that because why like white label extracts is like a small extract company in Oregon I doubt Instagram even like knows about them and is like oh we're gonna continue Mm -hmm. to shut down them and so it's just I think the people in the cannabis industry who are using Instagram too just needing to like be a little bit of a like bigger person and like not hit report <laughs> and let's just deal it's really messed up and what yeah. a crazy challenge to have to face as a business like you're just sort of at the whim of somebody who either is in competition with you or doesn't like yeah. what you're saying definitely and they can shut down the only marketing tool you have yeah <laughs> you know oh, one yeah. of the one of the biggest marketing tools you yeah. have. so petty yeah so petty i think also that um the OLCC does monitor Instagram a lot as well, and companies have to stay within the guidelines of posting right. um, within that realm. The advertising Be- regulations. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. because they're on that, like, hardcore, yeah. because our dispensary, Rogue Valley Cannabis, has been shut down twice now, and I remember, like, they work with somebody who helps them run their Instagram, and this someone accidentally posted a price like of Mm. of pre-roll like a sale and i remember jimmy was like what the hell like what the heck like oh my gosh you know and he he wrote them and was like yeah he was like take this down right now and then two days later the instagram was deleted wow it's like so yeah Yeah. it's anything that like points to a sale right yeah you can't mention any pricing Mm -hmm. at all um, I don't even, as far as the Hi-Fi Farms account, we don't even really talk about where you can find our flower because I feel like that is like a gray area. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we don't say available at, you know, whatever. Um, we just say, we have flower, find it somewhere. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't Go know. To we're our we're, we're, we're hamstrung by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, is... then, and then showing like, showing um, people consuming. consumption. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I think that's something that a lot of um, cannabis businesses actually aren't aware of or like don't think about is that so if I post a video taking a dab on my account, that is 100% allowed. If I tag the company, 100% allowed. The second that company reposts my video of me smoking my dab, that is not okay right. and they can get in trouble for that. Got it. That's not like me getting them in trouble, but the second they put it on their Instagram, that falls within like the advertising rules um, and you're not allowed to show people consuming cannabis 
per OLCC's advertising rules, which at first I was upset about. But if you think about any beer commercial, they're not actually drinking the beer either. So they're not allowed to show consumption in alcohol commercials. It's just Mm -hmm. the way, yeah, yeah, it's just the way (laughs) advertising is. And so I think there's like now Instagram has made it so easy for people to just like share your story Mm -hmm. if you get tagged Mm -hmm. in them. And so you see brands like doing these and it worries me that they're going to get fined because... That's not allowed. Which is also weird because it's like, hello, you're a beer company and you can't show people drinking the beer. Like, what do you think they're going to do with that beer? Like, (laughs) what do you think I'm going to do with this joint? Like, I don't know. I just I don't really get that. But, you know, we try our best to stay within the rules. Like when we shoot for other companies, like we shoot for Cresco Cannabis and, you know, we never give them photos of them, of girls actually smoking the joints. It's more, you know lifestyle with it in hand or you know with their packaging or something like that um that's something that we have to stay you know we don't want to get anybody in trouble and we have to stay within the guidelines um you know for our our own clients so that you know we continue to have them (laughs) i've said it before but i we live in constant fear of having our instagram account shut down you know it would really be devastating we have Mm -hmm. like you know it took a long took four and a half years to build up like you know close to fifteen thousand followers or something right I really don't want to lose that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel like the good thing, though, now is if you do lose that, people are so aware of it that usually when you start your next account, people are, like, sharing it. And you get, like, it's not like you, you I mean, you definitely I guess, lose. yeah. I mean. Wait, but it is. It is, like, unfortunate that in, like, just a whim it can all be gone. And it's, um, you know, I hear talk of, a rally going on outside of Instagram's headquarters this year sometime oh, wow. with mm. the cannabis industry. I don't mm. know all the details I'm sure on you'll that. be there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other platform that you all have found um, beyond Instagram that you think would work for the cannabis industry in the future or... Is there something that you would like to be updated or kind of added into Instagram that would help you run your business? Um, We've heard that, I mean, we should be better about Twitter and stuff like that because Twitter is... uh not so regulatory. Much more, they're much hand, more hands-off. Yeah. Right. Ugh, yeah. I hate Twitter's Twitter. hard, though, I because I try to think of, like, witty stuff to say all the time <laughs> and, like... Like, yeah, I don't know. We're not very active on it. I mean, Instagram is by far like our platform. Um, We we've tried to, you know, do be more active on YouTube because YouTube is really good for um, the cannabis industry as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, Instagram is just our main. Yeah, I think there's definitely stylists and photographers. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's definitely a lack in apps right now for that like you know we saw myspace and then facebook and then instagram and now it's like what's next everyone's kind of like what's next we're over instagram um and so i think we will see something soon but what that is yeah there was that vero which was like by the russians and they were like collecting your information yeah yeah it like went up and everybody like did it for a second and then nope yeah bad news yeah bad news I I i totally missed that Oh, oh yeah, it was it was, for was a very that. short yeah. period of time where mm-hmm. everybody was like, "Sign up now because it's gonna be the next thing. You have to start building out your thing." Blah blah. blah. And then all this shady, yeah, crap came yeah. out. Yeah. about good. it. Good, good. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I. I don't love social media. You know, like I am frustrated by. I don't. It's not. I'm frustrated by it from like what it's like. I there's obviously really really great things about it, but there's also like just. 
I also see like the bad it does in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. sort of like so. It's it's still an open question to me. I you, I totally like get its utility, and believe me, like my company uses it every day. We, yeah. we rely on it very heavily, but it's still just sort of like. I guess my point is like I wish there were more av- avenues for us to m- get our message out and you know advertise because advertising is really really hard for cannabis businesses. Definitely, you, yeah. Instagram here's this thing, but again, it's such a challenge. And, and yeah, and I think like also you know the Russians can you know whatever you know what I mean like. <laughs> Just get us. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I think definitely, like, I personally have a love-hate relationship with Instagram as well. However, I think especially in the beginning before they started doing all these algorithm changes and things like that, it was great to meet people like Harley and Jade met off Instagram. I met Harley and Jade off Instagram. I met so many of, like, the women in my community now through Instagram, and I think it's a really great way social media is to bring people together who wouldn't meet in everyday situations who are, like, more your people um and so while there is that love-hate relationship i think it is and always will be great for pulling people together and as for new ways of advertising i see a lack in oregon but when we go to colorado there's like events all of the time and they're pretty great events i feel like experiential marketing is going to be the new wave of the future and like sooner rather than later we're going to see this because when you do the events at your house do they not turn out great do you not get a lot of yeah yeah i i've enjoyed them you know like i think that they i think that they were they were really integral to um kind of the founding of and sustaining of the hi-fi farms brand for that period of time we were doing them a lot it got to be hard after a while because you know i have to strike my living rooms and my children to my neighbor's house for the night and all that stuff, you know, and um, having 150 people in your house is kind of intense to do Definitely. every six weeks or something, whatever. And for those listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, um, I used to do, or the company would do um, cannabis consumption, you know, friendly uh, house shows uh, in my living room. I live in a house in Southeast Portland with a really big living room. We'd move all the furniture away and we'd have we'd have artists um, play basically like acoustic sets um, and like kind of big name artists like you know Patterson Hood from the Drive-By Truckers and and Steve Malcolmus from um, Pavement and the Jinx the Jicks and uh, my friend Kyle from Portugal the Man played a classical music performance. Oh, that was Were my you favorite there? one. Yeah. That was that was a really so great one. good. Yeah, he was and, uh, so good. I got to hold his dog yeah, for a while. Dog. Yeah, I got to babysit her. That was amazing. Her. He played like this twenty-minute long Beethoven piece from memory, and he's a he's a world-class piano player. Yes. Uh, in addition to being in a world-famous rock band. So anyway, and then we do smaller events where we'd have comedians and and again like singer-songwriters, and they sort of did this like variety show thing. We'd give the money to. Nonprofits and, and again, it was like between a hundred and up to like a hundred and eighty people for that Kyle O'Quinn show. Yeah, it was packed. Um, yeah, that was the and, first. And and people could smoke weed outside and bring. It was BYOB and all that stuff. It was really fun. But but um, yeah, that was and we were. I don't know. I mean, we we were one, among the only kind of brands at the time doing anything like that. I think it really did help us. Yeah, and it gave you a really good reputation. And I feel like that's you know when I think of hi-fi, I think of it hi-fi being a musically like inclined like cannabis like brand and i think it really did help your branding a lot and i agree it's really hard to do your own events Events all the time events are so hard they're so hard i I mean live for events but they're just event Um, planning is like the pushing of tickets and all the all the project management i mean it's just no definitely it's a lot of work um but i think that's where the industry will be headed to because it just you get your ROI on that is just so much 
much better. Yeah. 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 And so you all have a pre-roll line now. Mm-hmm. You have events. You have a storefront I was in Southeast yes. Portland, Thank you. too. Um, so you have your own retail shop. is really cool. You do content creation. You... Um, you do so many things. So I want to ask you all now looking towards the future and expansion, like what areas are you really excited to kind of expand and flesh out for Ladies of Paradise? Um, for me, I would say the product development. Product development is really my specialty. Mm. And I'm like, hey, let's do this pre-roll line. And, you know, now that's like coming to fruition. And it's just been so fun. And um, I think that this year we're really going to focus on doing more of that. And then we also want to do more products like for our actual store. Awesome. And uh, we're, we're obviously have like a fashion background. So we want to do a lot. We started like our T-shirts and stuff. And T-shirts are cool. But like we want to do like more you know, like a line. Hot, what is it? Hot couture? Yeah. Hot. Hot couture. Hot couture. But yeah, wow. we, yeah, we want to do more cannabis products and then we want to do also more um, fashion yeah, products. Definitely. I think for me, I'm, I mean, events, like I said, are my life. I'm more excited yeah. to see um, our events and our experiential events grow. But I think company-wide, something that we're going to be growing a lot in this year like quite a bit is we've started doing packaging design branding and marketing um for companies a lot of people love our aesthetic and love what we bring to the table and with with our graphic designer she's amazing she did the lady j's packaging she's done oceana's packaging um and so we're really just kind of kind of help brands like get their branding marketing strategy together like what packages do you need what graphics do you need and really just helping brands um, we're working in New York to hopefully help a couple brands out there get their um, just their whole aesthetic and vibe like in line from everything from the package design to our content creation with Harley as the photographer I think it's really something that yeah, you guys are definitely grow. doing it and going places awesome we also awesome. like to give back too, and I think that that's one big thing that we, um, with our events, we work with like a lot of different nonprofits, and with Lady J's, actually, we're giving three cents of every box to a different nonprofit or charity mm. of our choice. And so the first one we're working with is Cascade Eights Project. Nice, yeah. awesome, yeah. well done. So important. Um, okay, so we have one final question that we usually like to ask our guests, uh, and that question is: How do you define quality cannabis? Um, for me, I define quality cannabis. Um, I'm definitely like a testing stickler. Um, I dab a lot, so I don't actually like to do dabs outside of Oregon because I know we have the best testing, um, just standards. And then terpenes, I'm all about the the flavor profile, um, especially if it's citrusy. And so terpenes and testing is how I would define quality cannabis. Yeah. I'm a big fan of terpenes as well. Um, obviously, with our Lady J's strains that we chose, I think that's apparent. Um, but also the way that uh, cannabis is grown is really important to me. Um, I like, uh, cl- I mean, Clean Green Certified is, like, obviously amazing. Um, but, you know, just, like, staying away from artificial nutrients and stuff like that um, I think is really important. And uh, and then, yeah, flavor and terpene profiles are, are really important to me as well. Awesome. Nice. Well, listen, Liana Martindale and Jay Daniels, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much thank for being here. This is fun. Yeah. Uh, can, can we come back? Please. Yeah, you can come back. <laughs> Let's do this again. Absolutely. Um, uh, in the meantime, how can people find you online? And then how can people find your store? 
So our store is at 959 Southeast Division Street in Portland, Oregon. We also have an online store, www.ladiesofparadise.com. And then, of course, on Instagram, at Ladies of Paradise. We also have an events page, at Ladies of Paradise Events. We have a store page, at Ladies of Paradise Store. And then we have Smoked Lady J's Instagram, at Smoked Lady J's. <laughs> when you open up the app in your phone and you see all the different accounts oh, yeah. and you're just like do you, do you just oh, yeah. how much time do you spend going between accounts and like retweeting your own stuff or not retweeting but reposting you know like your own content I mean I find myself doing that a little bit too between the show and High Five Arms you oh know? yeah no I mean it's it's a constant as soon as we post something on Ladies of Paradise we'll go into the other ones share it on the, you know yeah. this algorithm thing we're really yeah. trying to nail and the more you share it and comment on it you the more you know oh, you, yeah. you get uh, traction too, so you know we try to we try to support all of our pages. People don't know about the whole social media oh, yeah. marketing manager it's, it's thing. It's a lot. You know. Every time it there's a post, intense. it's like group message posted, and yeah. everyone has to go like it. Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, let's leave it there. You were listening to this is cannabis on X-ray FM, and we'll be right back. This is Cannabis is brought to you by the Open Cannabis Project. The Open Cannabis Project is an independent nonprofit whose mission is to build a transparent and open source platform of cannabis data. Thanks to nearly 80 years of prohibition, cannabis is suffering from a bad case of both misinformation and missing information. The Open Cannabis Project is on a mission to fill this information gap, creating a public records database that can help bring fairness and transparency to everything from intellectual property disputes to lab result issues. Learn how you can donate your anonymized chemical data and help fill the information gap at opencannabisproject.org. Thank you for staying with us. You were listening to This Is Cannabis on X-Ray FM, the show that takes an insider look at the Oregon cannabis scene. My name is Lee Henderson, co-founder of Portland Craft Cannabis Company, High Five Farms. And with me is Emma Chasen, the founder of Eminent Consulting. Hi. There she is. <laughs> there I am. Sorry, I had like a little like nose itch yeah. there. Oh, are you feeling better? I am. Thank okay, you. I was worried. Um, now is the time when we make recommendations. Emma, what is your recommendation to I am going to recommend a a local jewelry artist who I love. I found her at a craft fair randomly um, one Saturday while I was bustling about and her her jewelry line is named Brighton Place and she does these really beautiful um, like stained glass uh, jewelry pieces mostly earrings I bought two pairs of her earrings when I saw her and I thought that it would be fitting to recommend a local uh, artist given what we talked about today uh, right. regarding kind of style and design and so she is on Instagram you should find her at Brighton Place and you should check out her jewelry she does really cool things like she has a bunch of like big eyes and and um and just like really cool iridescent colors and and stained glass like designs that sounds awesome yeah i love it cool 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 um thank you my recommendation this week is a um a service run by a really lovely person named peggy anderson who was um a former guest of ours on episode eight titled cannabis and seniors with peggy anderson uh her service i guess her company Mm-hmm. is called Canna Help You, uh, and their mission is to help seniors understand the benefits of living a more healthy and productive life through the use of natural art- natural alternative cannabis 
medicines. Um, Peggy's a friend, and um, I wanted to shout her out and recommend her service because she has been working with my mother, uh, who lives in Atlanta and um, is not... You know, I don't want to speak too much about her health necessarily publicly, but she's been working with my mother to explore how cannabis can help make my mother's life better. And I really appreciate that, Peggy. So I wanted to shout you out on the show and I wanted to redirect people to her company. Uh, Again, she was on. um, You can find out all about her on episode eight. She's got a really amazing story. She does. I love Peggy. She's great. She's She's really, 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 um, really great lady. And um but I wanted to, again, so that's Can I Help You. It's canahelpyou.care is her website. And um, they partner with knowledgeable doctors, nurse, nurses, and pharmacists to share cannabis alternatives. They they do things like go to retirement facilities, and they just they really specialize on cannabis and seniors. And so if there's somebody in your life that you feel like, uh, if there's a senior in your life, a family member or like a neighbor or whatever, who you feel like... Um, could really benefit from cannabis, but doesn't, but may not want to try it due to its sort of historical legacy. Um, Peggy's the person for you. She's a, you know, she's a senior, she's a senior herself and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, is, uh, um, I really think a really great ambassador for cannabis as alternative medicine. So again, Peggy Anderson, can I help you? All right. That does it for this week's This Is Cannabis. Please remember to email questions and comments to thisiscannabis at xray.fm. Also, please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at thisiscanna on xray. This Is Cannabis is engineered by Will Romy, and our theme music is the song Possible OK by Portland artist Motric. Please be sure to check them out on Spotify. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Good night and good luck, and thanks so much for listening.